A salute to those who take care of kids at summer camp. You never know what dangers will befell you at any point in time, especially if it's cursed around some beautiful crystalline lake. But what happens at this haunted camp on a beautiful Friday the 13th? Hello, everyone, and welcome to another special edition of Under the Floorboards, where we laugh with the creatures that go bump in the night. Welcome to another Grandma Secret Cellar whoa, special. Whoa, what? This week, we are doing Friday the 13th for all of you classic horror fans out here. This is, again, one of the godfathers of this series, and there's absolutely no reason not to fucking watch it. So, starting off, Eric, what... I didn't even introduce you. I'm so sorry. Maybe don't. Uh, yeah. <laughs> At this point, I hope they know who you are. All five of our listeners. But I am your host, John, and I am joined by my beautiful co-host, Eric. Eric, how are you doing this week? Fabulous. Keeping it clean every week, and that's what I appreciate about you most. Now, getting into the movies, I always get so excited on these, and I feel like that's where the, yeah. the shit kind of falls off for 100%. a minute. But who is our itinerary for this movie? This is a film by Sean Cunningham, written and directed by, as it were. Uh, we have a brief cast list here. Obviously, we can go a little bit more in depth if we want to, but we got a couple of, you know, heavy hitters in yeah. this one. So, um, Especially for the time, right? 100%. Yeah, totally. Alice is played by Adrian King. Steve is going to be played by Peter Brower. Annie is going to be played by Robbie Morgan. Bill by Harry Cosby. Jack by Kevin Bacon. <laughs> what, what? We did a little bit of research. This is not his first appearance in a film. Pop quiz, if you can message us what that was. Yeah, under the floorboards5 at gmail.com. If you can tell us what it is, which, I mean, they're just going to go on IMDb. We will give you a <laughs> thumbs up emoji in response. <laughs> I will personally send you a heart. <laughs> Marcy is played by Janine Taylor, Brenda by Lori Bertram, Ned by Mark Nelson, and Mrs. Voorhees herself by Betsy Palmer. Mm, and she fucking carried that role. Good God. So first, or again, so for the Secret Seller series, I feel like it's always, what's what's the third impression? You know, yeah. this is not new to us. I'm, I'm back and forth on it. I'm going to lean towards a seven on this just because of how strong the story is and how much this, you know, the implications that this has for the genre, but also for the franchise of Friday mm -hmm. the 13th is is beautifully set up by really strong writing. Yeah, you know? and I'll, I'll get into it more in my final thoughts. But for me, this movie really is like between a six and a six and a half. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of issues that I had with it. Personally, because I get that they were trying to trailblaze for their time, but what they didn't understand was their story was carrying so much mm -hmm. of this. Because when you finally get to the end, it's really one of the better turnarounds that I've seen in this style of movie. And we were talking about that earlier. We'll get into that a little mm -hmm. bit more at the end. We're doing our final thoughts. But let's get into this fucking six to six and a half to seven <laughs> masterpiece. <laughs> so we start off in what we find out later to be Hope, New Jersey, mm -hmm. which I guess it makes sense when you see, you know, Friday the 13th, Jason takes Manhattan. Because <laughs> I just assumed it was California. And I was like, you're telling me this guy walked all the way right. to the East Coast to murder people. So we start off in Hope, New Jersey. 
in Camp Crystal Lake in 1958. And we have, there's like these songs around the campfire, which are is really a hearth inside of uh, the camp that we're at. Like a cabin or yeah. something. They're having this cool little kumbaya. This is just what people in the 50s did, I guess. Well, there wasn't literally anything else. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, we're singing songs in front of the hearth and like... The guitar players in this movie are actually very talented, yeah. if it was real. I'm mm. back on the Kid Cudi thing again. <laughs> if you don't get that reference, subscribe to our Patreon. Right. Uh, so we, we kind of see, like, you know, this energy of, like, everybody's, Kumbaya, my mm. lord, we're not going to die. <laughs> and Cue the... Because we have uh, the couple, right, where one of them was actually the guitar player, mm -hmm. right? Which I get it, because guitar players get laid. Yeah, <laughs> we tend to make eyes at people that we're attracted to. Yeah. <laughs> and then they kind of, like, hold hands and they leave. Mm -hmm. Somebody else picks up the guitar. They keep singing their Kumbaya mm -hmm. songs. And then they move into the barn, which mm -hmm. I guess there's a barn at Camp Crystal Lake for whatever Probably. fucking reason. Yeah, yeah. And they start, like, you know hardcore making out mm. like no clothes are really off yet we have like some unbuttoning we knew it was going down because he rolled out a blanket first what a gentleman <laughs> i put some hay underneath That's it too. We're, we're gonna fuck on the hardwood there better be something <laughs> oh it is some yeah. hard fucking wood <laughs> and, and and you know it, it's clear that like the killer is in pursuit here there's yeah. no mistaking this and so the camera, which this is part of the cinematography of this movie, this is one of those situations where we're meant to imagine the camera as being the killer, and mm -hmm. we're seeing it from their perspective. It's and a everything. POV murder. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and it kind of just walks up to the two couple, like presumably about to fuck, like like we talked about. And they kind of just, oh fuck. <laughs> oh, I didn't know you were there. We were we were doing anything like knife to the gut. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> For kill number one. Kill Brand number fucking one. Blonde sing-along. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't even think he had a name on yeah. IMDb. I yep. think he was just guy. Mm -hmm. Same thing with just girl. Yep. Because they both just get like intermittently stabbed. Mm -hmm. And we're at this beautiful point in horror cinematography. Mm -hmm. in, in This movie, again, was shot in 1980. Mm -hmm. So we have a lot of cutaway deaths where it's like, oh, fuck! And then it, like, turns and pans to the other character, and then it pans back, and they're, like, bleeding out, right. and they just ate, like, one of the corn syrup capsules, mm -hmm. and it's, like, pouring out of right. their mouth and shit. <laughs> so we'll just go ahead and say, four, kill number two. Yeah. <laughs> Blonde sing-along. <laughs> yeah. The, the budget for murdering was fantastic. It was, movie. yeah. Can't, can't, can't even front on that one. And then we get the title card, right? Yeah, and it's like, okay, so we get... This really weird, like, because when you compare it to, like, Nightmare on Elm Street, which I'm sure everybody just listened to, I would think. Hope, yeah. <laughs> if you missed out on that. If not, go do it. Yeah, right. Because we're going to reference that movie right. a handful of times. There's a reason this. we've done Freddy Krueger and Voorhees. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> Mark that. Mark that. <laughs> so, uh, we get to the title scene, and this was one of my bigger issues with mm. it. Is first of all, unlike Nightmare on Elm Street, all of the people that are in these beginning credits are not the actors and actresses mm -hmm. that are in the fucking movie. You get the casting director, you yeah. get the producers, you get the directors, you get the writers. You have no idea mm -hmm. who's fucking in Costume this movie. Costume design, sound design. <laughs> right. We come into the... It says Friday the 13th and like this mm -hmm. giant what you would see today as being 3D mm -hmm. when you're drawing the 3D cube mm -hmm. out, you know, in yeah, school yeah. and yeah. you're just like, <laughs> yeah. 
Damn. Uh, <laughs> but it's that for Friday the 13th, and it comes up to the screen, and it shatters the imaginary glass that right. is there, and I was like, cool. We haven't even hit 3D yet. I can imagine that was sick 42 years ago. <laughs> if it wasn't somebody who's listening that saw this in theaters when it came out, please let us know how cool that was, because I feel like the director was like really trying to make that hit. Yeah, yeah. it's like you meet Ludacris, and you're like, oh my god, this would be so cool if I was 38. I would be, fr- <laughs> I would be freaking out right now. <laughs> Ludacris, if you're listening to this, mm-hmm. I'm not sorry. <laughs> yeah. Then we actually cut to we're back pre- present. We're day. back to present day, 1980, Hope, New Jersey, and there's this girl with like this hilariously large backpack. I mean, this is like people that know like vintage Boy Scout shit, vintage Girl Scout shit. You know, this enormous pack that's got like reinforced bar on it, and she's kind of walking and she can't really. Hit. So she approaches the town. There's a dog sitting at a gas pump that we presume was pumping gas for like 75 cents. You know what I mean? <laughs> and, and she, what a time to be alive. And she walks him and she says, Hey dog, do you happen to know how far Camp Green Lake is? And he's like, Rrr. and she's like, Oh, that far, huh? Okay. Yeah, he starts speaking yeah. dog. Yeah. So she moves in, you know, the gas station convenience store slash diner. Again, this is small town. People who know what we're talking about. know what we're talking yeah. about. Everything is everything. <laughs> and it's every- what you don't imagine New Jersey to be like. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> And so she walks in and mentions, hey, does anybody know how to get to Camp Green Lake? And everybody, like, there's that, like, the pen drops before it's all drop on. Somebody spills their coffee. Everyone's like, oh, fuck. Do you mean Camp Blood? That's what the locals call right, it. Yeah. Um, and a guy just kind of, you know what, fuck it, I'll take her. So, But we, we find out why he really wants to 100%. take her. Is where... Uh, she she's now like conversing with everybody in there and like there's this titan that works there too that's like sweeping up in the background the whole time he is he is just like this massive like seven foot tall man stretch armstrong yeah, looking motherfucker who, who yeah. has zero dialogue mm. uh, other than oh. mm-hmm. <laughs> poor dude he's just the guy that works at the diner mm-hmm. and so She's like, okay, cool. Well, thanks for taking me. Mm-hmm. We should not be hitchhiking mm-hmm. already. Like, right. I get it's the 80s, but, like, Bundy's about to happen. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Gacy's about to fucking happen. Yeah. Like, it, it's not like we didn't, like, I, I'll never understand why people back then would just implicitly uh, people trust people. People were very trusting. I know. Yeah. Like, weirdly. People still mm-hmm. hitchhike when I'm getting on the 40. That's what I'm saying. I, I don't think it's a generational thing as much as it is like I'm like naturally untrusting of people. Yeah. <laughs> oh, the guy in the car is probably a fucking murderer. Now, to be fair, I'm also not backpacking up to this random town in New Jersey and asking, you know, what I mean? like I know where Following I'm going. Following my dream. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. So uh, they're getting into this giant oil rig mm-hmm. in the 80s, which is, is what the guy is driving. And he just gets a handful of that Annie butt. Mm-hmm. Well, <laughs> picks her up, like not even picks her up. He like because she was going in the truck anyway. He just yeah. kind of like. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna take this opportunity to touch that, and yeah, there's so, a handful of instances in this movie handful. where like yeah. <laughs> a handful. <laughs> we kill the game here and under the floorboards, and. You know, there's uh, there's again a handful of moments in this movie where all you can chalk it up to is it's the '80s. It is the '80s because I get a diatribe a little bit later in this episode, and we're yeah. about to go the fuck off. Right. <laughs> uh, so yeah, so they're getting in and they're like having this conversation 
about like <laughs> why why would you yeah. want to go there? This is all the bad shit that happens, and he just very subtly drops. Mm-hmm. And this is our first instance of like the actual plot that's going on yeah. is that there was a kid that died there mm-hmm. in 1957. Which is the year before the murders happen. Mm-hmm. So we're starting to get this instance of, ah, this is Jason. Because even if you haven't watched Friday the 13th, you know who Jason Voorhees is. You know that he's coming from Camp Crystal Lake. You already have. So this is our first instance of, uh, Pop culture's sick, right? Yeah, exactly. You know I mean? Like, it's it's already building itself. My favorite line from this exchange is where she's like, oh, do you have any advice? Like, when I go there, he's like, yeah, quit now. <laughs> and she's like, I can't quit. And I'm like, yeah, he's driving you up the, like, what? Like, no, I want to quit. Okay, get out and go back down the mountain. You know, like, whatever, you know. Anyway. Well, she's like, I'm trying to follow my dream. And her right. dream is to feed inner city kids. Yeah, and then we, you know, simultaneously while this is happening in this truck, there's another truck that's moving up. We get another one of those classic hard cuts. And here we have, like, what I will perceive as, like, the three secondary characters of the movie. Yeah. Kevin Bacon is <laughs> in this truck, notably. You know, no, that's, that's very fair. <laughs> and they're moving, you know, they're clearly also in the same boat that Annie is in the sense that, like, they're here to help set this camp up and get it ready to like actually host children when they come down. Right. So they're and actually Ned has this really weird line where he's uh, Ned's the one that's driving yeah. and he's like, well, is there anybody, any of the other girls at the camp going to be as attractive as you? And I'm like, well, first of all, there's like six camp counselors here and everyone else is a child. So take that for what you will. Right. <laughs> Thanks, Ned. By the way, just remember Ned's name. <laughs> mark that. Yeah, mark so, that. So now they're kind of like driving down the road, mm-hmm. and this is our first glimpse at like young Kevin Bacon. He's only been in like Animal House mm-hmm. and like a handful of other things so mm-hmm. far as like these super secondary characters. So it's really cool to see him like kind of front and center. Yeah, you know, this is what not I would in pre- sleepers, right? And I, <laughs> I, part of me would imagine that they had Kevin at this point penned as like their guy. You sure. know, to be in this movie, yeah, like the yeah. face that would pull people in and everything, which is kind of sick. That feels like a breakout role to me when you're that dude. It, it feels like that to me, too. Like, it yeah. feels a lot like Johnny Depp in Nightmare on Elm mm-hmm. Street, where it should have had the introducing this character because you, or this actor, because you know that they're going to do well. You know that they're going to thrive in this. And even just a couple years later, he had done a play with uh, Sean Penn and Val, Val Kilmer, Kilmer yeah. which is incredible. It's nice. I love digging into shit like that. But we'll stop blowing Kevin yeah. Bacon for a minute because that happens plenty in this movie. Yeah, I was going to say, so anyway, <laughs> <laughs> we we pull up to the site. We're officially in, you know, I'm going to accidentally call it Camp Green Lake from Holes a couple times. I just want to go ahead and throw that out. <laughs> we get to Camp Crystal there's Lake. There's rattlesnake down <laughs> right. in your fingernail polish. <laughs> and there's this man wearing the tightest jorts I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> that he physically cut. Right. You can see the fray on the bottom of it. And like my dick mm. hurt looking at him wear these. And he's like cutting logs or whatever. And everybody in the Kevin Bacon mobile get out. And he's like, hey, I need a hand real quick. You know, help me move this stump. And then Alice. it cuts away for a second. And then it cuts mm. back to the stump. And they're all pushing it over for a stump that is clearly not, not connected to the ground to anymore. Anything. Because my first reaction was, are they really about to pull a stump out it, of the fucking it ground? It takes like two and one arm to like move <laughs> it, and it's kind of effortlessly falls over, effortlessly falls over, and Steve's like, "All right, thank you." He could have <laughs> you know, kicked it and been fine. 
<laughs> so we, you know, everybody kind of starts meeting each other, except mm. for Annie. Mm-hmm. Uh, so everybody's kind of meet, doing the meet and greet for Alice all, is kind of here now, and everything. yeah, yeah, yeah. Is, she's so, introducing herself and shit. E- everyone is officially at uh, Camp Crystal Lake. Mm-hmm. And then we cut to uh, Steve, who mm-hmm. is the guy who is cutting the wood. Slash which, removing the stump. Yeah, the yeah, which is yeah. weird because he's like sitting there making firewood while he needs to move this stump right. that weighs like three pounds. Right. And Nobody's ever making firewood here again. <laughs> <laughs> Taking the stump away. And then we cut to, you know, everybody kind of gets their shit together and breaks off to do different tasks for setting up the camp. Activities. Because because the camp is open in two weeks. Mm-hmm. Kids will be arriving at Camp Crystal Lake in two weeks. They're trying mm-hmm. to get everything ready. And we cut to Steve, who I guess is like the camp manager. I suppose. Yeah. Is what it feels like to me. And Alice, who sucks. Like, mm-hmm. she, she, right. she is not a very smart character and incidentally winds up being our final girl. There is a 40-pound beam of wood that's fallen off of the awning of this porch. <laughs> And Steve kind of helps her. She says, I need help. You know, and he like helps lift it up for it. And she puts like one nail with the worst hammering technique I've ever seen. There's, she there's was no going way. parallel to it. She wasn't even like going into it. I was about to say, I don't know that I can even describe it. So thank you for <laughs> I don't. I still don't know that it does it justice. But the point is that she put one nail through it and the whole thing stayed up. Yeah. So, okay. She put one in later, mm-hmm. like in this same conversation. Well, there's this completely irrelevant scene where Steve finds yeah. like her sketchbook. Which is while, just there. Yeah. yeah. Cause she's up on the ladder, like fixing this awning or mm-hmm. whatever. And she has sketched out him. Yeah. And he's like, do I really look like that? She's like, when you're sleeping, yeah, you do. You did last night. <laughs> <laughs> So there's a little bit of tension here, perhaps, or whatever. You know, we've made the comment again, like, I just hate it when heterosexual people flirt with each other. (laughs) (laughs) It's so awful to watch. But she makes a comment to the effect of, you know, I wish I had more time to do this. You know, I kind of had this dream of going to California and or whatever. I mean, I think that's her home. I think think she's going back to California. Is, is, that's that's the way I read the situation, at least. And we didn't have subtitles on at this Works point. Works for and, me. And the, yeah. and the sound quality <laughs> was shit. Um, but I'm pretty sure she's like... I, and Because he even says, like, I don't think this is for you. I get this. Mm-hmm. You don't like it. But give me a week and mm-hmm. we'll figure it out. And I'll put you on the bus myself. Right. So Steve, and we're like, just like, oh, fuck, you have to take a bus back right, to California. Right. <laughs> Which would arguably move slower than Voorhees would across from New Jersey to California. <laughs> anyway. But yeah, so it's clear to me that Steve isn't like all bad. He's got the creepy, like, you know, mustached guy from the 80s vibe and everything. Yeah. But he like, he, you know. He's like the porn producer in X. 100%. Is, is what I feel like. 17 to 31 years old. Yeah. Again, if you yeah. don't get that reference, mm-hmm. subscribe to our Patreon. <laughs> and while all of this is happening, someone is clearly watching from the woods because of those long shots, like those long range shots yeah, and yeah, everything. Yeah. You know what I mean? So we know that like. The happenings of everything that's going on here are being documented or at least visualized by. Yeah. And you have these actors that are not breaking the fourth wall. Like they are clearly not looking at whatever Mm -hmm. force is standing behind this camera. And that's where it kind of gets a little convoluted, Mm -hmm. which we were talking about where I really love that experience. Mm -hmm. But it's so hard to tell sometimes of whether or not this is 
the murderer who is mm-hmm. standing there and stalking, or if this is just, just fucking, the actual yeah, cameraman. Yeah. <laughs> it's just directorial <laughs> filler. <laughs> and so, like you were saying, everybody's kind of off doing their own thing. So we get a cut to Brenda, who is um, at an archery range, moving a target onto what I'll just call the target stand. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure it has a proper name. But as she does that, this arrow zips past her. Yeah, so this is our first instance right. of shit that I'm not okay with right. with Ned. I was going to say, so, break it down for him. Yeah, yeah. so <laughs> in, in case anyone in this audience was curious, I am Muskogee. Like, I am a Native American. My dad is brown. Like, mm-hmm. you know, that just is what it is. And there's so many time instances, like, through anything that you're watching where, like, you kind of have to take it with a grain of salt. Mm-hmm. And then it, like, it's just this refresher where it's just like, God damn it, dude. Like, I totally forgot society was like this. Where. Not to say it was the 80s, but, like, yeah, it's but the it, but it was like the 80s. Like, yeah. full of mass earlier on and everything, too, you know. Yeah, there's so many instances in this movie where it's just like, like, oh, it just fucking did its thing. And so in this archery scene, you know, uh, Brenda and Ned were the ones that were setting it up. Brenda is like moving the target, which is just beat to fuck, mm-hmm. dude. Like, it's like a thousand kids shot this thing. They have no funding. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, after all the murders. All that I bad would... <laughs> dress in the 50s and 60s really did a number on the overhead. <laughs> Our nonprofits really fucking hurting right now. So... <laughs> So she sets up the the target mm-hmm. and she steps off to the side and then like an arrow just goes down range and shoots right fucking next to her, yeah. which in the horror perspective, it's like supposed to be the first jump scare. Mm-hmm. And I totally get that. But we cut to Ned standing at the forefront of the archery range, which by the way, if someone ever shot an arrow in the direction in that vicinity, I, yeah, yeah. Guess what? We're going to fucking box. Right. <laughs> yeah, not only did he shoot an arrow at a live human being, but. Yeah. So it cuts to Ned and he's got like two feathers in his fucking head. And I'm just like, oh, God, that sucks because that's super racist. Right. Little did I know what was fucking coming. And I guess it's me just like mulling over it the first handful of times that I watched the movie. Yeah. And they like, you know, are doing the ty- Tyler Childress, like, like feathered Indians kind of rolling in the grass and like you don't hitting know, on you each don't other. You don't know that Disney's Peter Pan is fucking atrocious until you hit <laughs> a certain age. You know what I mean? So it's like. Yeah, when you rewatch Pocahontas and you're like, oh God, God, I wonder if they even bleed or like the might kill an Indian or two. Yeah. <laughs> So we we get to this point where like everyone I guess has done their respective jobs mm-hmm. except for Annie because she still hasn't shown fucking up yet. Yeah, and uh, so we'll cut to there I suppose, and it's yeah, it, it's like you know she's still she's been dropped off by oil man at the cemetery, right. which is actually how we knew that this was in Hope, New Jersey, right? <laughs> the Moravian Cemetery, albeit. I was like, oh my god, it's actually in Winston Salem. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And so there's another there's another vehicle that comes up and it slows down for her. And so she's doing her like just carefree fuck it attitude, that like smile that never leaves her. Throw face. my bag in the back. Yep. Everything is cool. Hi. We're her name's talking. Annie. I actually you only I mean? talk to dogs. Right. Yeah. 100%. <laughs> so we we <laughs> we have this uh another one of these instances of the director or the person that is supposed to be the murderer mm-hmm. has that layover now. And, From, like, the driver's seat, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah which yeah. is weird yeah. because if you really think about it, 
the camera is on her the whole time, which means the person who is driving is not watching the road. Mm, yeah. yeah. <laughs> True. In the twists and turns mm-hmm. of New Jersey. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, she's talking about, again, her dreams, and she's going to be cooking for about 60 people. Yeah, which this, this girl is a chronic oversharer. Yeah. You know what and, I mean? And as a chef, I got to yeah. tell you, if I had to cook for 60 people three squares a day... By by myself? Oh my god, dude. I'll do one dinner, and it's just like, oh, I'm fucking tired. You know, Mm -hmm. it'll be like between 50 to 70 people. And if I do that by myself, I'm like, all right, well. (laughs) You you get 45 minutes, and you have to go back and prep again. (laughs) (laughs) Actually, uh, they put the cot in the kitchen for her. (laughs) That was nice. Yeah, right. So we started having, like, the creepy music, and the Mm -hmm. Moments while they're kind of like rolling down the road, mm-hmm. and yeah, and so it, it it isn't lost on Annie because evidently she actually knew where she was going the whole time. Because when they bypass the road that leads up to Crystal Lake, she's the like, sign's like three by five. She's like, "Hey, I think we missed our turn. We should go back. <laughs> Can we please go back?" <laughs> fucking nothing from the driver, right. right? And so her first instinct, I'll be like. Like I said, this is the first intelligent thing that she's done in terms of having a healthy distrust of human nature. She, like, throws herself from the Jeep that was, mind you, moving at least 55 up this mountain. Yeah, they were flying (laughs) down the road. You don't just limp away from that. Sorry, I don't care if you fell on leaves or whatever the fuck. But now she's on the side of the road. And you get that shot again, like the driver's looking behind them. They start going in reverse. And she sees them coming back and everything. So she starts moving up this hill into the woods. <laughs> Eric's like, my Jeep has reverse in it. <laughs> <laughs> I can still go backwards, bitch. <laughs> yeah, and so she's moving through the woods, and we we know it's coming. But you yeah, know, we're, yeah, we're looking at our, our number three right now. There's always this funny moment in horror where it tends to be the first, like, the horror that I like. I don't know if this is coincidental or this is just by design, but the horror movies that I like, typically the first character that we meet is not the last character right, we see. Right, you know what I mean? Yeah. And I love it when that happens. So yeah. That formula kind of goes through for a lot of classic. It's just slasher. Yeah. Scream is the same way, you know, mm-hmm. and so Nightmare on Elm Street's mm-hmm. the same way. Yeah, we like the classic yeah. horror formula really does kind of give you that. Tropes I know what you did last for a reason. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and it's just the way it is. But yeah, so she's moving through the woods and I think she runs into a tree, which is one of my favorite things. <laughs> 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 she falls down and she looks up and there's the killer. Right. Right in front of her. And she's like, oh no. No, no, no. No. Ah. no. I just want to go cook some food for some inner city kids. <laughs> inner city white kids. Uh, yeah. And so she gets her throat fucking released by this knife. And you gotta love the classic effects for shit like that, where it's almost like there is a pack across her right. neck. Because it cuts away to like showing the knife being uh-huh. raised up and slashing, and then it goes to her, well, look, it's, her, a, it's like a skin pack. Her neck's like four inches thicker than it was the, the shot before. <laughs> and then like she just kind of like you know blood or mm-hmm. the corn syrup starts pouring out of it, and she just gives out a little wilt like yeah. Uh, yeah, she's, she's it. <laughs> four kill, kill number, number three. three. 
And we have another hard cut to the teens from earlier, the camp counselors from yeah, earlier. Yeah, we're at yeah, Crystal yeah. Lake. We're back at Crystal Lake, and they are in the Crystal Lake. In fact, they're swimming. I guess they're on break or whatever. Which, like, for the 80s, yeah. these were super scantily clad male and mm-hmm. female uh, swimwear. Mm-hmm. And they, they, you know, we get another good long shot from across the pond, as they say. And we, we you we know. Can we can see that they're still being watched. Pretty, you we, know, like observed. The, she feels like Jason, or sorry, spoiler alert, yeah. but the, 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 the murderer is like, it moves like Jason Voorhees, mm-hmm, right? Where right. like, time doesn't really matter. Mm-hmm. It just kind of lapses in itself. 100%. She knows where she's going to watch these kids. And then we kind of have uh, everybody's laying out, having a good time. And then Ned starts, quote unquote, drowning. Mm-hmm. And then there's this... Ned sucks number two. <laughs> Ned sucks number two. Yeah. And there's this scene where um, Bill is like laying on the beach. Beach, yeah. quote unquote. Yeah. Uh, and the camera kind of pans up as he's like leaning up next to Brenda. Brenda or Alice, it's one of them. I don't, the, 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 the focus of this scene I is Kevin Bacon's you wiener. Will fuck his hands up, you know what I mean? And like the funniest point for me was that he was drowning two and a half feet away from the dock. Right. Which was like, they grabbed life preservers. Half of them got in canoes and paddled out and swung back around. You know what I mean? And it was this thing about like, and he kind of just like, no, get him, get him. You know, they pull him up and she literally throws the life preserver. It bounces off the back of his head and she just stretches her arm out and grabs him and pulls him up. You know. And then of course she pulls him up on the thing and it's just a hoax for him Mm -hmm. to get to make out with a girl because First, like, it seems like nobody knows how to do CPR. We've already been given the key that people have drowned in this lake. So that's what everybody's thinking, right? You know? (laughs) Yeah. She sticks her... She sticks her fucking fingers (laughs) down his throat. I'm like, he's not having a seizure. And even if he was, don't fucking do that. Right. So, you know, they do mouth to mouth because they decided not to do CPR for Mm -hmm. whatever fucking reason. Mm -hmm. And he just, like gorillas around her and right. starts making out with right. her it's like it oh was- ned <laughs> oh ned it's the 80s <laughs> <laughs> this is totally acceptable behavior <laughs> and then as he's coming to like you mentioned we get kevin uh, kevin bacon's penis <laughs> <laughs> just full just mm-hmm. fucking in the speedo yeah which which, vaguely resembled a ukrainian flag yeah, which, yeah, yeah, yeah it's there the whole time we knew this was coming <laughs> That was our first allusion to the fact that the world was going to be going to shit. Uh, so anyway, we're moving forward again. And again, these hard cuts, if they seem like they're happening kind of fast, that's because they are. Yeah. Um, so this is the part where I jump in, though. Go for it. Yeah. Yeah. So we're cutting to uh, what I have in my notes is John carries the racist scene. Yeah, you got it. So carry this shit. Everybody kind of gets together after the lake and all you hear is. And it's fucking Ned in literally nothing but his, it looks like he tied his shirt around his crotch and then just put on a fucking, by the way, guys, it's not called a headdress. Mm -hmm. It is a war bonnet. Mm -hmm. It is something that you earn, which I know his cracker ass did not. It was like, (laughs) it was like Coachella 2.0. And I was so ready to fight this Uh fucking dude. Here's my biggest thing out of all of it is like, if you are part of, the culture that thinks that it is okay to, especially for someone or like a race that is part of the fucking genocide and marginalization of somebody else, 
maybe don't fucking make fun of their heritage because I gotta tell you, when I see a person wearing a war bonnet, that equates to me as wearing blackface. Right. Like, you have absolutely no reason to be doing that, and you're doing it because you think it's fucking cute. And it's like, I get that that's really easy for you to do, but that's also because you're a piece of shit, <laughs> you know? And, yeah. I'm not, and I'm not sitting here looking for, like, white guilt or some bullshit like that, but I would like a, a little bit of respect for, right. the, for my fucking people. And maybe it's because the, when you read about the 11,000, it was the Muskogee that got fucking murdered. Mm -hmm. So... I got to tell you, if I see you, I don't care who it is in this fucking audience. And I fight dirty. I'll go ahead and tell you that right now. I'll kick you in the penis. I don't care. <laughs> but if you are walking around in a fucking war bonnet and you don't have a citizenship card in your back pocket, if you don't know what that is, that's probably because you're fucking white. Mm -hmm. I will body you in the fucking street. I do <laughs> it is sight on fucking scene. I am not doing this Coachella bullshit. <laughs> I'm laughing because I'm terrified. <laughs> <laughs> if you wouldn't wear blackface, don't wear a war bonnet. Don't wear feathers in your hair. I was going to say, let's like, just say feathers <laughs> in general and, you know, face paint and just all kinds of shit. Yeah, you know yeah, I mean? yeah. Like, like, the the Pocahontas shit. <laughs> anything that could be construed. Right. And of course, like, I'll get off my fucking high horse on this shit. But now, as he is in scantily clad war bonnet... Mm -hmm diaper yeah. thing fucking the cool cop rolls right. up right because like and this was what was so sick about this scene is the first thing he says are y'all fucking high <laughs> like what do you mean <laughs> grass man you know what i mean colombian gold you dig it <laughs> you, know, the, you dig the it cool cop. which is not what i heard the first time mm, he said it but right. that's when we started putting uh subtitles right on. <laughs> so and he's it turns out that he's looking for this guy named Ralph. He says Ralph's gotten out, you know, he's a local guy. He's we, the town uh, crazy. You know what I mean? We didn't mention this before, but Ralph was one of the people that sort of spoke with Annie at the beginning. When they're on the, the way to the yeah, oil yeah. truck. Yeah. So this is somebody that we had been introduced to, but at this point it's becoming relevant information, you mm -hmm. know. And they said, you know, like, nah man, we don't know what you're talking about, but like if we hear anything, of course we'll, you know, we're not high. <laughs> <laughs> Please don't go through our luggage. <laughs> right. But so, we're not high. So he's like, he he either gets a call and has to leave or he just like got the information that he didn't need or whatever. But anyway, he leaves and he goes down the road. But it's like super fucking funny because it's like a dead end. He's like, oh, fuck, that's a lake and has to turn around <laughs> and go back up the road. You know, <laughs> and, and you can feel the director being like, this scene's going to be so cool. Yeah, he's and it's like, like burn out. <laughs> the, you know. Instead, it's like, actually, you could have done that right here on the mm -hmm. five feet on either side of this fucking dirt road and just fucking turn around. And that's actually the only time we see the cool cop. Yeah. Actually, I thought he was going to come back in the other cop instances in this movie, and he doesn't. He's just, he's original. More cops than Red State. <laughs> Asshole! <laughs> Again, subscribe to our Patreon. We're just going to do shameless plugs, like, throughout these now. <laughs> At some point, all of our humor will just be references to ourselves, and nobody's going to know what's going on unless you've listened to all of our shit. <laughs> so. that, that's fine. <laughs> Fucking pay me. <laughs> And I guess here we are cutting to another scene. I, they're, I think they're prepping for like, you know, dinner or whatever. Yeah, they're like, yeah. where the fuck's Annie? I'm right. not going to replace her. I'm a man. Right. I don't yeah. cook for people. <laughs> and and like out of the pantry comes Ralph. <laughs> he's been there the whole time. <laughs> I am Ralph. And he says, I am the messenger of God. You are doomed. <laughs> doomed. <laughs> And 
that was his whole trope was he was just like he was like the <laughs> he was like Futurama just like back and forth dude <laughs> and then and Ned takes a bite out of his candy bar or whatever the fuck he's eating he's like I think we fucking found Ralph <laughs> <laughs> which is the only time that Ned didn't suck in this entire movie yeah so Ralph finally goes fair. outside and he gets on what we assume is a stolen bike yeah cause he grabs the bike yeah anyway and he like starts riding off into the sunset, and I think it's uh, is it Alice that's yeah. outside? Like somebody, some, one of the females chases him outside, mm-hmm. and he there's this really awkward shot where it just like shows him riding off into the distance, the entire length of the road. You know, yeah, it was it was absolutely hilarious, and it kept cutting back to. The other person, I say kept cutting back to, it's the 80s. It would be like three minutes of her, three minutes of him riding the bike and going back and forth between that. And he just rides off into the sunset and gets to live. Yeah. And (laughs) and that was kind of it, wasn't it? You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I really really just came by to say, dude. (laughs) And so we go back in the kitchen and there's no power in that particular light bulb she's like either it's a bad bulb or there's no power and kevin bacon was like well i think i'll go out back and check the emergency generator and that's like hey you think you go back and check out the emergency generator that's what you sound like right no fucking ned, ned <laughs> was like i just can't get when they get all all into that masculine speech and i'm just like what part of i'm gonna check on the yeah. backup generators gas uh-huh. is masculine i'm pretty sure that i i get that we live in 2022 uh-huh but <laughs> his entire strategy is cultural appropriation and sexual assault for those keeping track right now. So like Ned has no business talking about masculinity. I'm so excited to talk about him. Getting <laughs> so they, you know, things move forward. I guess they eat or whatever the fuck. And yeah, um, we guess. Yeah. Ke- and he's not there. So I don't know what the fuck they ate. Right. And Kevin and Marcy are having a walk outside and they're baking all along. Yeah. yeah baking all- <laughs> and they're, they're exchanging kisses and everything, and we get another one of those long shots, but it turns out yeah. that this time it's Ned being a jealous racist fuck. Well, you know? Ned is in that shot. I think it is still the murderer from the, back. From the porch because she, the next Yeah, because yeah. she okay, can cool. still... Or, <laughs> spoiler! They. <laughs> How 20, dare you assume? <laughs> it's 2022. <laughs> so, they murderer. Right, yeah. Uh, you can kind of see that they're watching. It's like the it's like uh, in the air tonight because mm. it's them watching somebody watch something else. Right. Yeah. And it's Ned watching Marcy and Kevin Bacon on this like long, make out, which is already yeah. fucking weird. Yeah. yeah. And it's like this super soft kissing scene. Yeah. And then Ned's like, "Man, fuck this! I'm gonna go up into this cabin that's right next to me mm-hmm. for no fucking reason." And then we have uh, Kevin Bacon and Marcy kind of move down, right? Mm -hmm. And they start having this scene. They're both sitting on this log now in front of where Ned just was in Mm -hmm. relation to the lake and right in front of the cabin. And there's like this flash of light that happens. And I guess that was like their special effects budget. (laughs) And Kevin Bacon's like... It was the generator kicking on. (laughs) Oh, there's a storm coming in. And he like gets a little hard. Uh (laughs) And then there's this really weird scene where Marcy starts explaining, like, her dreams. You know, like, five or six times over the course of my life, I've had a dream about raining. But, like, when it started raining, it turned into blood. (laughs) 
And so (laughs) (laughs) that one goes out to Carrie King. Yeah. (laughs) We love a signature model whenever you get anything. (laughs) Please don't give me a Dean. But anyway, yeah. Anyway, they go inside and they start, you know, giving each other the they play checkers. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. We'll keep that one going. Yeah. They play checkers out of the storm and everything. And we get this hilarious pan up. (laughs) And on the bunk above them. We see our kill number four finally yeah. is fucking Ned. What a piece of shit. Ned is dead. What? Ned's dead, baby. <laughs> what a piece of shit. Yep. So they're, you know, blowing out each mm. other right now. Meanwhile, we have, what is it? Alice, Brenda, and Bill mm-hmm. are all playing strip Monopoly. Because the first person had the same reaction that I did. Actually, Bill's laying down yeah. some tasty licks on this uh, not mm-hmm. like nylon string guitar. Mm-hmm. And they're like, well, we're going to play Monopoly. Everyone in the room had the same reaction that I do. Where I Monop- Monopoly. Monopoly sucks. Yeah. Monopoly is a bad fucking game. Yeah. Monopoly, if you're listening to this right now, mm-hmm. eat a dick. Fix your shit. <laughs> Make a better game. Right. I don't know what to tell you. Milton Bradley. <laughs> you fucking bitch. Sell out to Hasbro and just fucking give up already. <laughs> Anyways, so they're sitting down. They're like, we're going to play Strip Monopoly. However Whatever the fuck, the fuck they- that is. When you land on a property, you take a piece of... So this game is over in 20 minutes. Like yeah. when you land on property that somebody owns, you take off a piece of clothing. Okay. Also, when I play strip yeah. games like that, yeah. I go all in. Like the first right. thing I'll take off is my shirt, mm-hmm. pants, underwear. Let's fucking go. Right. I already lost. Like, right. yeah. <laughs> I only wear four items of clothing. At is this what time. you wanted? <laughs> <laughs> They're playing Strip Monopoly, and they're like, I wonder where everybody else is right now. And it's like, of course you fucking are, because now the deaths are fucking coming. Mm-hmm. So and They kind of start piling up here relatively quickly, too. It's pretty fucking funny. This is our highest kill count yeah. that is not just a straight-up massacre right. like Red State was. Like, this, we guys, we have a 10-point kill count in this fucking movie. So we're going to start rolling through this pretty quickly. We start with... Kevin Bacon uh-huh. as our number five. Mm-hmm. And actually the the fucking effects for this were incredible because you could clearly see that Kevin Bacon's face was mm-hmm. like, th- like it was almost like they cut out a hole in the bed. He stuck his head through it mm-hmm. and then they put a body double underneath of it because now we find out that while he and Marcy were fucking mm-hmm. bumping uglies, Mrs. Voorhees was under the bed the mm-hmm. entire fucking time. Right. Which is kind of gross. Which is already <laughs> fucking funny in and of itself. Yeah. So she just like, uh, Kevin Bacon's laying there and then knife right mm-hmm. through the bottom, through the neck. Mm-hmm. It fucking pushes out and pulls uh, the skin flaps mm-hmm. and all that kind of shit through. Of the makeup. Yeah. And now we're <laughs> fucking dead. So moving on to kill number six, which happens almost fucking immediately. We have... Marcy has gone to take a piss. You know, something that is not only healthy, but sanitary after having sex with Kevin Bacon. <laughs> but she's brushing her is teeth. This and yeast? Getting, you know, yeah, getting everything straightened out or whatever. And she's, you know, starts hearing the. While she's doing her Catherine Hepburn impressions yeah, in the mirror. A hundred percent. Mama's looking for a life of cabaret. <laughs> She, she starts pulling back curtains and shit. She's investigating the noises and, you know, and you have this beautiful shot, which is like good the old, shadow hatchet, yeah, good old classic <laughs> board, where you're seeing like kind of a, a flat angle on her face and mm-hmm. behind her, there's this light and over the almost cartoonish shadow, yeah, yeah. shadow that's raising up, <laughs> <laughs> you know, and then the axe just drops on her fucking face. And that we was turn that. around. We have yeah. that 30 seconds of, ah, 
Shit, yeah. Oh no! Yeah. Right in the fucking for face. kill number six, Marcy via uh, icing by axe. Yeah, so then we have like this weird cutaway to Steve being we're in a diner. diner. Yeah, we're just in a diner now. And Steve he... didn't even want to eat the food, <laughs> and he didn't make it. He yeah. can't handle it. <laughs> so now we get to this point where uh, he's like cashing out. He clearly knows this woman that's at the diner, and he she's just like he's trying to pay her. And I, we've all yeah. been in that situation before. At least if you're not an asshole, mm-hmm. where you love to tip people, and if you're if you don't, you know what? If you don't tip, don't even listen to our podcast. Like I don't like eat a dick. <laughs> Basically, if I don't have money to make off of you, I'm not interested. <laughs> <laughs> Just the tip. Just the so, tip. So uh, she tells him that you know it's two twenty five even is what his meal fucking. And we cost. both almost vomited because I can't remember the last time I paid two twenty five for anything, let alone Snickers a- bars <laughs> are like one fifty. <laughs> so uh, now we're cutting back. And we have Brenda mm-hmm. is cutting away. She's like, the rain starts to pour, mm-hmm. which this I, is from Strip Monopoly. By yeah, the way. yeah, 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 yeah. So, so she just puts on a raincoat. Mm-hmm. Like she's, she's t- taking off all her clothes. Instead of putting her clothes back on, she puts a raincoat <laughs> over her naked body. I wish it was naked body. Uh, you're right. It was definitely uh, bra and panties. But mm-hmm. anyways, for more, subscribe to our Patreon. <laughs> Uh, so we get we get to this point where uh, she's like, oh, my windows are down. I need to go outside and make sure that they're rolled up. That way the storm doesn't destroy my interior. And it's just like, I get it because most of the interior back then was not leather or even faux leather. It was right. like this shitty, like, almost like. I don't you remember know, the way that shit smelled? Like mothballs? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. You remember that? Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's to keep yeah. the, the, the mice out. Yeah, the dry rot. <laughs> so uh, she goes out. She's now like brushing her teeth. And yeah, because instead of just rolling her windows up, she does her whole nighttime routine and just goes to bed. She yeah. never goes back to the Monopoly game. She gets in her Mormon yeah. gown and, <laughs> right. is, and is ready to go to bed. She Lights starts a reading. candle, starts <laughs> reading by candlelight and everything. Put a candle in the window. <laughs> yeah, and, and it was so fucking weird that like she lights a candle but turns the light off right. when they're putting out the yeah. same amount of lumens because it's in the 80s. Like none of these light she bulbs She vibe-checked herself. <laughs> it was, yeah, uh, comfort. Yeah. And she hears, help me. And, you know, actually, this is a pretty pinnacle point in this story because I, as the audience, I don't know if you felt this way, but even just looking back at this classic horror, I don't know if that's supposed to be an instance of being supernatural or if that's supposed to be her, like... The uh, the murderer because tra- we never get yeah. confirmation. Yeah, we yeah. we don't know if it's the murderer trying to lure her out mm-hmm. or if it's actually like this is our first supernatural instance. Mm-hmm. So I would actually love to hear opinions on that, guys. Like, absolutely, send us your thoughts mm-hmm. on what you think happened there because again, it's not really fucking confirmed. What was really interesting to me is the subtitles that we had on said boy before help me. Yeah, you know what I mean. Which leads me to believe that I'm going to lean a little bit closer to supernatural Mm -hmm. you know what i mean because there is no instance of a living boy being on these premises whatsoever in this film you know what i mean so that's which they bring up later (laughs) so she hears the the call in the night help me and she decides to pursue out you know very hesitantly but she moves forward and everything i'm a camp counselor damn it i gotta go (laughs) say you know what i mean which weirdly she's still wearing her nightgown she never put a raincoat on (laughs) She is, yeah, she never put a raincoat mm-hmm. on. It is still pouring fucking rain outside. Yeah. 
So they're pulling everything together. And it's just like, I, I don't fucking, I don't know. And she's like standing in the archery range with like fucking gaslit lantern mm-hmm. and all the lights come on. Mm-hmm. Right. It's all like, the it, lights it's like Friday night right. lights right. just yeah. fucking turn on and all, it just cuts away. And all you hear is, ah! <laughs> which of course we're assuming now this is our kill number seven. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Via. We don't even fucking know because they don't feel like telling us yet. Right. But there is absolutely no the way suspense. this girl survive. Yeah. yeah. I guess she died via rope. Is what we see I later. Guess, yeah, yeah, I suppose so. She got tied to death. Yeah, so now we meet up with Steve, who is driving uh, his Jeep back, and it just dies on the side of the road, which I don't believe. I don't believe that one of the most reliable vehicles that's ever been made. Especially we, back then. That we use in war. Like, compared to what? You know what I mean? It can't have a little, a little rain and falling into a trench. Come on oh, now. you know Because it's on. It's functioning. It's just not moving. Yeah, it's you just know not turning I mean? yeah, over. It's like, it's weird. And then we have a wild cop that mm-hmm. appears. A wild cop appears. Yeah. Whose name we discover is Sergeant Tierney. Six Semper Tyrannus! <laughs> so, yeah. So... He picks up Steve and he's like, can I get a ride back to Crystal Lake? He's like, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and then there's like this really awkward Love conversation. <laughs> Me and your friend, Steve. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and it cuts to, you know, they're having this conversation and like the moon is full and he's like, the or officer tyranny is like, yeah, it's really weird that when the moon's full, we have an upturn in like rape is what he feels the need to start <laughs> off with. Murder, burglary, everything else. I was like, you could have just not even brought that up right. for, for no reason. Because, again, this is casual. I'm just taking you back to camp conversation. <laughs> I was like, God damn it, I hate it when the full moon rises on a Friday the 13th because people won't quit getting fucking raped. <laughs> it's, like, <laughs> so, it's just like, damn, dude. Uh, yeah, yeah, so uh, Steve is just kind of like sitting there and he's he looks at him he's like, you know, you're kind of like mixing up science and coincidence, which is 100% which is a, true. Which is a strong line, I will say. Like, in the yeah. writing of the dialogue in this movie, that's a strong line, you know? <laughs> we actually got insight into a fucking mm-hmm. character for this. Uh, so, they're riding on their way back, and there's just this super awkward car ride. And then Steve gets back to camp, and Officer Tyranny had gotten a call on the radio for something that was like 15 minutes away. So it's not yeah. even related to our story. They were at like all. Jaws of Life. <laughs> Jaws of Life. Head, uh, head on collision. Uh-huh. Like it was like she, he was talking to a robot right. where she was just reading off the the itinerary. Apparently, this filter it. says Jaws of Life. <laughs> <laughs> so Steve rolls up, and as soon as he walks into camp, I'd like to let everybody know. For the rest of this movie, it's borderline shot in just black. Right. They're, 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 <laughs> we had a tough time. <laughs> like we thought we needed the subtitles. What it turns out is we needed more fucking lighting mm-hmm. in this goddamn movie. Yeah. So finally you see Steve running up, which luckily he's in a yellow raincoat, mm-hmm. which I just guess supersedes black. Which is like <laughs> reflecting the light from the single light that's pointed at the camp you know, sign yeah. like the post <laughs> where we are and everything. And he runs up and he runs into the lights turn on uh-huh. and they're, you know, More in his lights. face. Yeah. yeah. He can't see anything. And this figure walks up to him mm-hmm. and he's just like, 
hey, what are you doing here? Like this, that, and the other. And just fucking gut stab. Just mm. fucking over and over and over again. You don't again. even see it. He just goes, ooh. <laughs> yeah. No, th- his face was fucking mm-hmm. priceless. Four. Kill number eight. Kill number fucking eight, guys. Like, we are murdering people We're moving. in this fucking movie. We're moving. So now we have, uh, we cut to Bill and Alice. Mm-hmm. Which, presumably at this point, are our only two people that are left. Mm-hmm. Right? Uh, so Bill, the lights are going off. So we were laughing because, uh, he's turning on the gas lamps and I was like, he's, he's gaslighting right now. (laughs) That is the origin of that phrase. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) What I thought was so funny about this scene was like, he like has the into like, you know, the nounce to say, oh yeah, we do have an emergency generator. I just Mm -hmm. have to go put gasoline in and it will be fine. You know? So he leaves and Alice does that thing. Do you want me to go with you? And he turns around. She's, and she's like laying like, on the couch. She's like asleep. half asleep with a blanket over her, cozy on the couch and everything. He's like, "No, I guess it's better if you just stay right here." And she's like, "Okay, bye, <laughs> bye." <laughs> so he goes out to take care of the generator, and then she gets up because she was like, "Oh, thank God, he didn't ask me to go." Right. So now she's making. I want to go make coffee. She's making the shittiest cup of coffee uh-huh. I've seen in my entire life. This girl takes for all intents and purposes, Folger's ground right. and just starts like putting it into cups and boiling water. And I'm just like, I know not she's gonna... not doing what we see, what it seems like she's doing. I you was know? like, you're not even filtering that. Right. You're yeah. just like eating grounds. Like if anybody's ew, ever dude. made coffee like that, also send us a message because I need details. <laughs> <laughs> if you're Turkish, it's fine. You're the only people that make coffee correctly. <laughs> That's nobody's business but the Turks. <laughs> no copyrighted music. So this is in my notes where I said, Alice doesn't know how to make coffee, number one. I don't know why that mattered. But Mine I just, just says like, shitty coffee. Yeah, yeah. Shitty coffee. <laughs> shitty coffee. Uh, so now we're getting to Alice is our final girl, mm-hmm. right? She's kind of trying to navigate it because Bill's not back yet. Mm-hmm. So she finally goes out to look for him and you know, some weird instances happen. She hasn't actually run into the murderer yet. Mm. And she stumbles upon Bill's body, mm-hmm. which his death was just straight up arrow barrage, mm-hmm. which right. made no, mm-hmm. like, first, fucking Legolas is the yeah. murderer. <laughs> so she finds this man in a cabin, hoisted up on the door with by like, arrows. By arrows. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I was like, did it have a 200 pound draw? Bill, <laughs> you have failed the city. <laughs> <laughs> There's like tennis balls for practice on the side. Yeah. It was the wildest shit because I don't know who who's listening to this that has shot an arrow before. Mm-hmm. It will not hold up a human mm-hmm. body. In a plaster door. <laughs> what was the funniest point to me was when she moves the door and you see the light move across the room. What little we had to work with. You know? <laughs> um, the first arrow that you see is in his cock. <laughs> yeah, he had like yeah. one in the dick, one in the face, one in the, two in the chest. Uh-huh. It was, it, anyway, it doesn't physically make any sense, but that's our kill number nine. Yeah. It's just, um, he, he Arrow got, barrage. He got volleyed. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, now we not only is Alice the final girl, she's the final person because we don't have any other context of who yeah. is still on. And you know, everyone and, is dead. Yeah. Everyone is uh-huh. gone. And so she starts having this fucking meltdown, right? Because uh-huh. she's just like, Bill's dead. She doesn't even know about all the other bodies yet that they're gonna fucking mm-hmm. find. 
she starts barricading the door that opens both ways, apparently, or at least she believes so because she set it up to be barricaded no matter what direction yeah, the so, door so moved. She, she tied the rope in ca- to, from the doorknob to the ceiling in case someone tried to open it from the outside. To keep it from swinging out. And then out. barricaded it on the inside. To keep it from swinging <laughs> in. And I actually, I have it down as she doesn't know how coffee or doors work. I had it down as Alice is stupid. <laughs> God damn it! This is definitely the shittiest final girl and, uh, uh, right. that, that I mean, I've she's, ever seen. She's not making. The, she's not making the tier list, y'all. Yeah, so she's like having her meltdown, and then uh, she like slumps down against the fridge. That's oh God! In, what am I gonna? What am I gonna do? do? And then crash! We have fucking Brenda gets thrown uh-huh. through the fucking window. Confirmation she for kill seven. Yeah, yes. she she is definitely dead. Yeah, and they're trying. She's like. Having this moment of, but I, 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 I can't believe you're fucking dead. I'm like, you just watched what would have been your boyfriend get like eight arrows right. to the dick. She spends more time looking at Brenda's dead body than she did giving a <laughs> fuck about her boyfriend being shot to death, you know. And it's so funny because there's that scene where she's moving across what I guess is the kitchen. The she, ten minute crawl. She does not stop looking at Brenda's body. No, no, oh god, why? And like to the point where like her jacket gets caught on like the knob of one of the dressers, which was totally not accident. And she just rips it off. Oh fuck, no. That's you what know. we call organic filmmaking because that definitely was not part it of the plan. Sad. And she you was could, just like, oh. could, if it was the game at the fair, you wouldn't be able to do that again. So. <laughs> <laughs> and she steps outside. And we're finally meeting who is introduced as Mrs. Voorhees. Mm-hmm. We don't have any context for the story yet, but this is Mrs. Voorhees. Mm-hmm. Again, if you're a horror fan, it, whether you've seen this or not, you know exactly where this is mm-hmm. going. And we meet Mrs. Voorhees and the story starts to kind of unravel itself. Very little bits mm-hmm. at a time. Because, you know, Alice is freaking out. She's like, you have to help me in this and the other. I'll help you. I'll help you. You're safe. She's like, baby, I'll take care of you. And then we come in and like, you know, there's the dead body on the floor. And Mm -hmm. she starts talking about a child that had died in 1957, the Mm -hmm. year before the murders had happened. Mm -hmm. They never should have opened this camp. You remember when that kid died? Bad stuff's been happening. They were making love while he was drowning. And I was just like, oh my fucking God. I would have been. I get it. It was the 80s. You didn't even have to use a condom. (laughs) The pill was out. (laughs) So uh, now uh, the story again starts to unravel more and more where Alice is like, we have to get out of here. And she's like, honey, we're not going anywhere. <laughs> you know? And, yeah. Uh, we find out more of the story now. We find out that Mrs. Voorhees was a cook at the camp, mm-hmm. which I thought was a really cool trope because the first person that she murders is, is the cook, cook of yeah. the camp. Yeah. Uh, Nobody cooks at my camp. <laughs> <laughs> Throw down with Bobby Flay. Right. <laughs> Now Alice is starting to like freak out mm-hmm. and they get into this first altercation. And uh, actually they get into the altercation and Alice gets away for a minute. She runs out. And when she had come out initially and met Mrs. Voorhees, she was driving Steve's Jeep. So that's what I really don't right. fucking get. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or, no, it wasn't Steve's Jeep. 
It's it still had the trailer on the back of it. But it wasn't Steve's Jeep because of the body uh, that was in it later on. It was her it Jeep. It was her Jeep. Everybody has fucking Jeeps, so forgive uh, us. Oh, God. The other thing, too, that I wanted to mention is during the conversation before the scuffle, <laughs> um, she mentions that the boy that drowned was named Jason. Mm-hmm. And so... Well, and now yeah. she's putting out that it is Jason Voorhees, and the the circus her starts, son and yeah, everything. You know, everything and starts we, firing uh, for her now. This movie weirdly felt more like a prequel. I'll say it you is. You know what I mean? No, and that's, it one hundred percent is, uh-huh. and we'll get into that in the closing mm-hmm. notes because, like, I really do have some opinions about Absolutely. how how this kind of uh, divulges itself. So Mrs. Voorhees is pursuing Annie at the, or uh, sorry, um, Alice at this point, and she gets in the the jeep, I guess. So Alice she, does? Well, Alice tries to get in the Jeep, yeah. and then she freaks out because she sees Annie's body, uh-huh. and she's like, which is a person she's never met. Right. So she's just like, oh, that's a dead body. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> and then we ensue like this chase around Crystal Lake where she's finding the other dead bodies. <laughs> But but that's really what that scene is, is it's just her recapping the fact that everybody's fucking dead. Right. And we finally come back to whatever the pantry is Mm -hmm. that Ralph was hiding in initially, she's now She finds herself in, which is perfect. And of course we have... uh, Mama Bear just trying to... like. She walks past it like seven times. Teenagers. (laughs) And she finally like like starts to open the door which this is another again like one of those scenes that doesn't make any sense to me because the door is not locked because clearly this door does not have a lock Mm -hmm. on it and the knob starts to turn and then it stops and alice like backs up and mrs Voorhees just starts beating down the door Mm -hmm. with a hatchet Mm -hmm. or actually it's a machete yeah at this point Mm -hmm. she starts which is Fucking anyway, yeah. <laughs> weird ass flex. So she pulls a shining and it's like, like put, she, yeah, she, <laughs> she puts her fucking face through the door yeah. and she doesn't even say anything. She just like does the here's Johnny smile yeah. and then opens the door. Mm-hmm. And I was like, why the fuck did we even like, yeah. try to beat this door down yeah. when it wasn't fucking locked to begin with? And now there's like this again a scuffle right. where somehow she knocks the machete mm. out of her hand. Is it the part she, where she slaps the shit out of uh, Alice like four or five times? Yes, that was yeah. Great. She it was. Yeah. Just, I had it down a slap session because <laughs> she does. She just backs hands the shit out of this girl for like, like four, or five four or five minutes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then they take the pan to Mrs. Voorhees' head. Ah, and, yeah. Ah, and Alice like looks down and there's like a little bit of blood on the floor. And Mrs. Voorhees is like unconscious. And Eric was just like, dude, you have to fucking double tap. You always yeah. double tap the murderer. Don't bank on somebody being dead. <laughs> Finish the job. So now she's having like this uh, altruistic moment on the, you know, it's probably four or five o'clock in the morning mm-hmm. on Camp Crystal Lake. Mm-hmm. And she's like sitting in front of the the canoe that can go out into the lake. And now we have another instance of the killer always comes back for one more kill Mm -hmm. and she turned like you see the shadow come up over top of her and obviously we know this is mrs Voorhees at this point Mm -hmm. and 
Alice like sees it and stands up and turns around and she's holding an oar. <laughs> and she like puts up the oar in the defensive stance from mm. somebody that's swinging a fucking machete yeah. at you. And that machete just clean cut through it. Right. And I was like, who is this like yeah. folded steel? Is this actually like- That a- really was a Hattori Hanzo sword. <laughs> <laughs> Hanzo <laughs> And then, of course, like, they knock the machete out of her hand one more time, and now they're just, like, wrestling. Mm-hmm. In the sand. Yeah, we're yeah. trying not to be on turned on. Beach. Yeah, that's the part <laughs> I was like, this is really hot. <laughs> and then, you know, she throws Mrs. Voorhees down, and she runs off to the side, and we get the second instance of, there's, like, slow-mo twice in this entire mm-hmm. movie. I think that's why. And it's the funniest, just like one shot in history. <laughs> yep, she cr- she pulls mm-hmm. that machete across the screen, mm-hmm. and it cuts back to what is already the body having half the head. <laughs> <Right. laughs> nearly and, headless. How could you be nearly? And for kill number fucking ten, ten we have Mrs. Voorhees getting fucking iced. The the antagonist is dead, and then yeah, we just have Alice who like gets mm-hmm. in the canoe. And pushes herself off, and she just floats yeah. into the middle of the lake. Which looked very peaceful to me. Part of me would really love to take a nap on a boat like that. Yeah. Just out in the middle of the lake one day, and just kind of, you know, anyway. Well, and they started playing the, <laughs> the 80s power ballad, uh-huh. right? Where <laughs> you could actually hear Night Ranger in the background, like, ready to fucking throw down. And it's, they borrowed their synth from David Gilmore. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh-huh. And, you know, the sun has started to arise, and now the cops show up, which... I got to tell you, I have absolutely no idea why, because nobody called the cops. Yeah. Why would they be? Yeah. They're like they're, Nobody's alive to call the cops. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like She didn't yeah. call the cops. She mm-hmm. got on the canoe and fucking floated. I guess the Jaws of Death guy came back to check on Steve and make sure he got home okay and realized that Steve was fucking hanging from a tree. So, like, <laughs> oh, oh, what fuck. A, oh, fuck. <laughs> oh, what a guy. Right. So uh, now the cop there's two cars but there's Mm -hmm. one cop and he stands out on the precipice of the lake and like looks out and he's like doing the the hand binocular (laughs) thing (laughs) (laughs) and there's this there's this moment where like Alice wakes up she kind of understands what's happening and then boom we see Jason Voorhees for the very first fucking time. Emerging. As a yeah. child coming up mm-hmm. and pulling her into the His water. His skin is peeled off. It's oh, rotted. Yeah. It's bloated and everything. It was so sick. It is waterlogged, if yeah. you will. <laughs> <laughs> and then we cut to, you know, the first time I watched this movie, I right. was like, cool, everybody dies. Mm-hmm. Where <laughs> Instead, we cut to the hospital and we see... Uh, Alice, she's coming too, and she's like freaking out a little bit. Oh, oh my god! <laughs> and then we have uh, three th- milligrams. We have. They're like, yeah, give her three milligrams of Valium, <laughs> and they roll her over. I guess it's because it's 2022. We just don't take sedatives in the butt anymore. Because right. <laughs> <laughs> that was my first thought. I was like, are they rolling her over to shoot her in the ass mm-hmm. with Valium? Yes. Yeah, yeah, they 100% work. And then she starts having the conversation with uh, the cop who recovered her, which was not the cool cop Mm -hmm. that was down with the Colombian gold. Or the Jaws cop. (laughs) Yeah, or was it? Was it Tierney? It it was Jaws. It was Tierney? Okay, cool. Like, awesome. He was an actual cop. He was an actual cop. Hell yeah. 
so uh, they started talking about like, what about the boy? Everybody else is dead. Yeah, everybody else is dead. The boy. Yeah. <laughs> the baby. Right. <laughs> and he's like, uh, his name is Jay or she says, his name is Jason. And everybody's like, who the fuck is Jason? And so it's like, <laughs> dun, 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 you know. Yeah, and then like, it, and then like it does this weird fade, which I mm-hmm. guess is just like the special effects for the 80s when they're just like we didn't find a boy. And right. then it's just Alice like looking off into the, the wall of the hospital room, uh-huh. I guess. And it's just like her face fading away as it goes to Camp Crystal Lake. Mm-hmm. And it was just like, dun, 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 dun. Yeah. <laughs> to be continued. Yeah. Which, the end with a question mark at the end of it. <laughs> we'll see you in Manhattan. Right. <laughs> so, yeah, that was Friday the 13th. Yeah. So, <sighs> take your time (laughs) yeah i still feel like this movie is like a six like even the more i talk about it like i i don't even give it the 6.5 yeah that's okay because that's just kind of where i fall on it and i think there's a i think there's a lot of cool moments like i think we were talking earlier about how this movie was so story driven and i Mm -hmm. love that i absolutely love how much of the story really mattered especially to the Voorhees archetype is a lot of people that watch this series, if you haven't watched the first one, mm-hmm. you don't get it. And the reason I say that is this is the only movie in the Friday the 13th series where Jason's not the murderer. And I feel like if you went up to the street, like you went down the street and asked 10 random people, who's the villain in the first Friday the 13th movie? It's most Jason. of them would yeah. say Jason. You know yeah. what I mean? And that's just not true. This is that thing for me where like, I'm going to stick with a seven. I still don't know that it comes close to Nightmare on Elm Street, though, in yeah. terms of just it, all of the elements combined or anything. So, well, you could tell how much these characters didn't fucking matter. Right. Again, the story is so much deeper. It has mm-hmm. so much more meaning. And it, all of that is what makes Friday superior. But like every other element of filmmaking aside from story is what makes Nightmare <laughs> better. You know what I mean? Well, and it was such an experimental thing right, too, yeah. right? Where there were so many shots mm-hmm. where they were trying to be like, does this work? You would think that Friday would have the advantage coming out two years later or whenever. Yeah. You know what I mean? You would think that it would have, this is the formula. We have to improve upon this and everything they did from a story-driven perspective. But I don't know. Again, I think if you A-B'd these, you have to give it to Nightmare. Yeah. You know? But from the film perspective, sure. yes. And so from a hype perspective, when we get into the verses, you know, and oh, everything, yeah. I'm given an early Guys, edge. soon to fucking come. Right. <laughs> we're, we're given an early edge to Kruger just from a hype perspective. I think he's the fan favorite here. You know what I mean? I will say, and this will be more so when we actually do the episode, yeah. I actually give the edge to Jason. Mm-hmm. I think Jason has the edge. It's in going this down for real. Yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> Battle of the Bastards. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Which is funny. We were talking earlier about how much it would cost for people to pay us to watch Game Season of Thrones. Season 8 of Game of yeah. Thrones. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but and what was really cool was uh, when you look back at this movie and you see these first instances of Mrs. Voorhees having the voice and hearing her talk like, kill her, mommy kill her mm-hmm. and like she hears jason in her head mm-hmm. and the way we view it as the audience is like oh she's fucking crazy mm-hmm. but when you take in that supernatural element mm-hmm. that you have earlier with uh brenda's scene where you hear the 
help me, help me, mommy, or fucking whatever. It's like, oh my God, does Jason actually have this spiritual manifestation Mm -hmm. in these different scenes? And that's fucking crazy. Can he get into people's heads? Can he project this through his mother and like manipulate the voice in a way that it would not sound like a 90 year old Mm -hmm. woman? (laughs) You know what I mean? And then Jason goes to hell. That's right. the same instance where cool. like yeah. he does get his body back at some point during that movie, but he is manifesting other people's mm-hmm. bodies. And right. that's such a cool right. illusion to mm-hmm. the people who are like, Jason goes to hell sucks. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I agree. It's probably a five. Uh-huh. But, like, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> but ultimately, like that's such a cool illusion to the, your own world that mm-hmm. you fucking created. And that's part of the reason I love this series so much mm-hmm. is not because... It is good in the writing or the cinematography or literally anything else. This one didn't break Kevin Bacon out for a reason. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, he needed Footloose for that. Yeah. I still can't watch that. It's okay. Don't worry, guys. We're never going to do sleepers. I'm not going to do that to y'all. Unless you pay us. (laughs) (laughs) That's going to be expensive. (laughs) $1,000 and we'll do it. (laughs) I'm throwing it out right now. God, but only if it can be narrated by Gilbert Godfrey. (laughs) 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 R.I.P. So I I feel as though this movie was so pinnacle for what it did. Yeah, this is 100%. We always go over what we recommend this or not. This is absolutely like we're giving it like moderate scores for who we are as people and everything. But this is you have to watch this. I'd watch it again. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Yeah. You, yeah, all that shit. So Fourth, fifth, sixth time. If you haven't seen it, go watch it. If you have seen it, go watch it anyway. You and, know? and what's cool is like this movie is different than every other Friday the 13th. Mm-hmm. We're not even following the same fucking character. Yeah. Really. Again, like I mentioned earlier, this feels more like a prequel. That's yeah. because it is a prequel, yeah. you know. Well, and it's it's interesting because they kind of allude to themselves like later in the series where like the second movie, you know, you have Jason in the burlap sack mask and he's carrying mm-hmm. a knife, which is what his mom's major uh, weapon of choice mm-hmm. was. And then he moves on to the machete later when he finds his hockey mask, which still doesn't make sense because he's not wearing hockey pads. But <laughs> <laughs> Hockey was hot in the 80s. Nobody gives a fuck. Except yeah, days, I'm, so. sure, I'm sure he found it from like some street kids playing a, hockey. He but. literally kills Casey Jones. <laughs> That's the movie I'm really waiting Casey for. Jones <laughs> versus Jason. <laughs> so, yeah, we would absolutely recommend this movie for anybody. We would definitely watch this movie again. Mm-hmm. Our... Are there any other closing thoughts you have on this? I was going to pass this one to you because this is a secret seller, man. Yeah, no. So this was one of my grandma's favorites because it was not the way she would describe it is I don't like when it's bloody, <laughs> you know? Aww. Yeah. Which, which was funny because she's watching shit like Saw. You right, know? Yeah, yeah. She, she'll watch any horror That's movie. That's her baseline. Yeah. Like, but, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Is like, I like it when it's creepy. And that's what this movie was, was it was creepy the whole time. It was never uh, super overt. And like, even just the way we were describing some of the kill scenes in this, I just feel like it wasn't like. (laughs) You know, they were, they were very, I'm going to, oh, here's the knife, cut away, blood spurt, (laughs) oh, back, oh, her throat's open. You know what I mean? It wasn't. Our corn syrup budget was $40. (laughs) 
<laughs> but that that's what's so intrinsic and romantic about these movies we, though. we've always said from the beginning that the low budget and what you can do with it is what makes horror great right that's yeah. what gives people as a like the fanhood of horror movies makes them believe that we are represented i guess it's the same thing as like independent musicians where you sure. say i can recreate this on my own because these people have done it if they can mm-hmm. do it why can't i do it i love this so can i experiment with this and that's why these early slasher movies like this were such a platform to jump off of you know well and i feel like even uh sam <clears throat> raimi when he was doing the first evil dead movie totally i think he it's marked that he spent like two grand mm-hmm. to make the to mm-hmm. make the entire fucking movie, yeah. which turned into like one of the biggest franchises in horror history. Right, and that and that's where you really get that like how to use practical effects. You yeah. know what I mean, and things like that that have influenced films forever. And so you y'all have to understand when you're listening to this, if you've never delved into this genre before, this is kind of part of it. This is the equivalent of like. This is a terrible comparison. I almost don't even want to say this, but like, <laughs> this is the equivalent of Jack White nailing two nails to a wooden board, nailing a pickup underneath it and stringing a piece of wire and writing a song with a slide on it. You know what I mean? <laughs> is that the greatest song ever written compared to like, you know, of course not. You right. know what it is though, is people that love being creative and love being experimental and seeing mm-hmm. how far they can push the boundaries of things like fear and whatever. Yeah. And that's what this is. Right. And, you know? and, so, and some of those elements is why I put this at a six mm-hmm. period is because there nobody wants to listen to your fucking song. Yeah, <laughs> some of those experiments fell flat, but sure. there there was so much that trailblazed out of that, and that's why what this, people learned from that exactly. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's yeah. why, like, if you know, you compare uh, this movie to like Jason Takes Manhattan and Jason X uh-huh. and shit like that. This is actually a pretty good movie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's, you know, I, again, I feel like the nature of horror is to be one of those things where you can enjoy the comedic elements of mm-hmm. where it flops and where, you know what I mean? Things that are, you know, but none of that to say that this is anything less than a classic. Of oh, course, 100%, you know what I mean? 100%. And for our viewers, uh, we would love to take a poll uh, since obviously now that we've set everything up, we're going to have Freddy versus Jason mm-hmm. here in the coming weeks. So if you'll email us at undertheflooreboards5 at gmail.com, let us know what you think, who wins and why. And honestly, if your argument's good enough, we might even fucking read it. I can't read well, but Eric does an all right job. Yeah. Not when they're names, but... (laughs) I just can't remember. (laughs) So, uh, yeah, we'll be doing Freddy versus Jason. We'll see the throwdown of the century. We'll see where lines are truly Maybe divided. Maybe John and I will actually fight. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to my nightmare, bitch. I'm just, I'm just a Kruger guy. I can't help it. <laughs> I like machetes. I get it. But thank you guys again for joining us on a very, very special episode of Under the Floorboards, where it creaks, it cracks, and we laugh at the creatures that go bump in the night.